0: Allahumma arinal haqqa haqqan varzukna ittibaa, wa arinal Batla Batlan bottle and varzukna ittiba. Rabbish rahli sadri, li amri, wa yasirli emri, wa hlul ukdatam in lisani, yafkaho kauli. As salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale Enur by Bed Said Nursi Podcast Series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you get your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org In this episode, inshallah, we will continue reading the 17th word, which is about the um, reality of the world. It is an interpretation, a commentary on the verse, Asta'idhu Billah, إِنَّا جَعَلْنَا مَا عَلَى الْأَرْضِ لَهَا أَيُّهُمْ أَحْسَنُ Wa مَا عَلَيْهَا صَعِيدًا We have adorned the earth with attractive things so that we may test people to find out which of them do best, but we shall reduce all this to barren dust. Quran chapter 18, verses 7 and 8 And The life of this world is nothing, nothing but a game and a distraction. Again, the Quran, chapter 6, verse 32. Ustad Nursi provided us with a detailed analysis, a um, beautiful explanation of the worth of the world. And he called that the first station of this 17th word. And then in the second station, he Um, uh, compiled some of his earlier and and in some cases later writings on the same topic and most of them are uh, poetic uh, versified and we read one of them inshallah today we will continue reading the second one which is called in Turkish uh, siyah tutun bir meyvesi a fruit of the uh, black mulberry, mulberry tree so bismillah a fruit of the black mulberry. Uh, since it's poetic I'm going to read the Turkish from beginning to end and then I'm going to read and uh, reflect upon the English. Uh, before the before the text itself though, Nursi provides a very brief explanation. He says eski said yeni said söylemiştir. The old Said has said this with the language of the new side under that blessed mulberry tree. Now, uh, old side and new side are Ustaz knows his own terms. He refers to himself before, uh, let's call a spiritual awakening that has happened in the, in a process between mid nineteen teens and mid-1920s roughly. Uh, he calls himself before this period the old Said. Old Said is significantly more involved in uh, societal affairs, in politics, reads a lot of newspapers, um, goes from place to place, gives speeches and so on and so forth. Uh, the purpose he is pursuing is the same. It is to save people's faith. It is to elevate God's word, etc. Uh, but in that period, he is more attuned to or more involved in the usual causes that most people pursue their ideals through, right? The uh, writing in newspapers, making public speeches, talking to people of influence, etc., etc. In the New Said period, uh, there is this spiritual transition and he, in a sense, has a better understanding of the inner reality of things. The, we may call the alam al-Malakut, the, the realm of domination. And he sees that there is no cause. In reality, it is only the causer of all causes. And he withdraws from those that deep active societal involvement and focuses on uh, expounding the miraculous meanings in the Quran through the risale Inur. Nur he has a milder uh, temperament in the new Said period so the relatively mild temperament of this poem um, but we should say relatively Right, uh, reflects the new Said period more than the old Sait period. In the old Said period, it would be a significantly more, more, you know, fiery uh, address. Okay, Bismillah. Muhatabım zia paşa değil Avrupa meftunlarıdır. Mütekellim nefsim değil tilmiz-i Kur'an anlamına kalbimdir. Geçen sözler hakikatdir. Sakın şaşma. hududundan hazır aşma. Ecanip fikrine sapma, dalalektir, kulak asma, eder elbet seni nadim. Görürsün en ziyadarın, zekavette alemdarın, o hayretten der daim, eyvah, kimden kime şekva edeyim, ben dahi şaştım. Kur'an dedirtir, ben de derim, hiç de çekinmem, ondan ona şekva ederim, sen gibi şaşmam. Hak'tan hakka feryat ederim. Sen gibi aşmam. Yerden göğe dava ederim, sen gibi kaçmam. Ki Kur'an'da hep deva, dava nurdan nuradır, sen gibi caymam. Kur'an'dadır hak, hikmet, ispat ederim, muhalif felsefeyi beş para saymam. Furkandadır elmas hakikat, dercan ederim, sen gibi satmam. Halktan hakka seyran ederim, sen gibi sapmam. Dikenli yolda tayran ederim, sen gibi basmam. Ferşten arşa şükran ederim, sen gibi asmam. Mevte, ecele dost bakarım, sen gibi korkmam. Kabre güler, gülerekten girerim, sen gibi ürkmem. Ejder ağzı, vahşet yatağı, hiçlik boğazı, sen gibi görmem. Ah, baba kavuşturur beni kabirden darılmam, sen gibi kızmam. Rahmet kapısı, Nur kapısı, hak kapısı, ondan sıkılmam, geri çekilmem. Bismillah diyerek çalıyorum arkama bakmam dehşet de almam elhamdülillah diyerek rahat bulup yatacağım zahmeti çekmem vahşette kalmam Allahu ekber diyerek ezan haşri işitip kalkacağım mahşeri ekberden çekinmem mescidi azamdan çekilmem lutfu yezdan nuru kuran feyzi iman sayesinde hiç üzülmem durmayıp koşacağım arş-ı rahman ziline uçacağım sen gibi şaşmam inşaAllah. So, we will move on to the English here. Ustad says, The one I am addressing is not Ziya Pasha, but those who are infatuated by Europe. Uh, now, who is Ziya Pasha? We need to have a little bit of explanation here. Ziya Pasha is a Ottoman statesman and, and really, really um, talented poet who was a member of or who was among the uh, westernized elite of uh, the late ottoman empire and and he could um he could travel intellectually between the european context and the islamic ottoman islamic context but as different from many other westernizers he was also well steeped in islamic sciences and he was sincerely Uh, devoted to Islam as a religion and wanted to preserve uh, the the religion even as he thought that uh, Muslims needed to change things, perhaps modernize, uh, adopt certain technologies and uh, cultural traits from Europe, etc, etc. So he was a more balanced person when compared to some of the other uh, Ottoman Westernizers who were, in a sense, complete or, or who were in a sense for complete uh, adoption of European manners, techniques, technologies, ideas, and so on and so forth. So he's saying the one. I am addressing, and also Zia Pasha was a poet, and he wrote poetry about these issues. So it makes sense for Stadnosi to um, to um, refer to refer to uh, Zia Pasha in this context. The one I am addressing is not Zia Pasha, but those who are infatuated by Europe, who have you know lost their. Uh, minds, in a sense, who have lost their sense of balance, who have lost their sense of um, judgment, balanced judgment. The one who speaks is not my lower soul, but my heart in the name of the students of the Qur'an or in the name of a student of the Qur'an. So, there are times when the lower soul speaks. And when that happens, one, uh, you know, one may not preserve that balanced judgment. So it's not noticing here is must have looked into his soul and heart, his spirit. And he seems to have uh, gone through a self-evaluation because, you know, he is making a claim. He is staking out a claim. When you stake out a claim, it may be that you are not sticking it out in the name of truth, but to satisfy yourself, to satisfy your lower soul. The lower soul always wants to be you know, above. Right? Like that's the sickness of uh, you know con- contrarianness, right? The contradiction. Some people just want to say the opposite of what, what their interlocutor, what they, the person that they are talking with says because it just gives satisfaction. So this is not it. Ustad Nursi has evaluated his uh, self and made an effort to not be speaking in the name of the lower soul but from the vantage point of the Qur'an, the message of the one who knows all who sees all who knows how all and in whose knowledge and hand is all truth so and and the heart is the uh, faculty of connection with that truth so he's saying the one who speaks is not my lower soul but my heart in the name of the students of the quran the previous words are the are the truth By all means, do not lose course. Beware, do not exceed your bounds. Now, this is an address, right? The previous words. So, he may have added the words Sözler, the words here, later on after the words was written in the 1920s. Um, Or, he may be referring to some of his earlier treatises, which ultimately became... Uh, were compiled in the book Masnavi Nuriye or Mathnavi uh, Nuri al Arabi or Mathnavi Arabi al Nuri uh, his treatises that were written in the early 1920s so either is 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 possible uh, he prob my hunch is that he added this uh, gechan the previous words later on right in reference to the risale inur so either way it is uh in agreement because the the treatises that he wrote in the early 1920s and that were compiled in the Mathnevi uh, he calls them he refers to them as the nursery of the risale Inur. the seeds were planted in those treatises the meanings were planted on in those treatises and then later on in the risale Inur he opened them up and he articulated them in a way that would be more understandable for for the average uh, reader So the previous words are the truth. Do not lose course. So this is the truth. This is an articulation of the straight path. If you stay on course here, you're fine. You will get to where you need to go. But if you stray away from it, right, you may exceed the bounds. You may get out of the way and you may end up something different especially if you think that the path is long and a little bit of, uh, you know, straying away from it can end you in a very different place when, when, when the angle keeps opening up and up and with the distance between the two lines keeps opening up and up and up and up as a result of uh, that initial angle. So do not stray away, stay on course, beware, do not exceed the bounds, stick to truth. Do not stray into the Europeans' idea or the European ideas. Now this is, once again, in the context of that uh, encounter between Muslims and Europeans or the Muslims' encounter with the Europeans might be a better way to put it. Which was dazzling, which was bewildering for many Muslims because the power discrepancy was tremendous and it had become apparent in a very short period of time uh, you know around the turn of the 18th century if we take that as a benchmark the Europeans were able to um, use a tremendously significantly more force than Muslims and other non-European powers, non-European uh, peoples around the world uh, in, in, in a way that would overpower anything that stood in their way. That was not the case before. Uh, there was balance. Muslims tended to be more victorious uh, in the encounters between the Ottomans and Europeans, and which usually was in encounters of, uh, you know, war, or beyond that war zone trade and cultural exchange but when it came to the to the end of the 18th century uh, beginning of 19th century and especially throughout the 19th century Europeans just kept growing in power growing and growing and growing and others around the world found themselves in such a disadvantageous position that they were bewildered and the only thing that many of them could you know uh, think of in order to come out of this predicament was to take what the Europeans had and the Europeans had uh, steel-clad warships uh, machinery telegraphs uh, later on you know later on railways uh, banking financial institutions etc etc lots of things that define modernity at the time and the only thing that they could think of the non-europeans and muslims among them around the world could think of was that this is the whole package we either take it or we are doomed to extinction uh, in order to avoid extinction we have to take it all and to take it all we have to take the europeans ideas too you know one thing for instance that i have read in my own research is uh, this this um, kind of now funny or ridiculous text but at the time at the time it was taken seriously they would say the europeans were uh fettered by their popes and that, that's the the word you know language that's used in the original text uh, referring they were referring to the clergy european clergy Uh, as their popes, they were fettered by or chained by their popes they broke those chains, they rid themselves of their popes and then they advanced, they progressed and we too need to do that we need to uh, break our chains, we need to break our fetters from our uh, men of religion, our scholars, our religion and then we can advance, we can progress so this was the idea, so get the Europeans idea which is a secularist, positivist later on scientist idea but Nursi says do not stray into the european's idea that is a false image that you have that you are uh, have you, that's an illusion that's a hallucination you are not reading the you are not reading reality accurately you are making a mistake here it is misguidance do not heed that idea or else it will certainly make you regret. So before this in the old side period Ustad Nursi would probably would probably have a uh, would not have such a wholesale opposition and later in life either he did not have a wholesale opposition to uh he says there are two you know European civilizations or there are two you know civilizations associated with Europe one is the misguided one the other is the one that uh, advances in uh, arts and sciences and contributes to the comfort well-being and advancement of humanity so the the idea here is to be able to distinguish between the two right so the ideas, European ideas that he refers to here is the uh, the first misguided one, the one that has strayed away from all, all uh, guidance from revelation. And he says it is misguidance. Do not heed it or else it will certainly make you regret. So how does certainly make you regret? Maybe in this world very likely but if not in this world in the hereafter. So sooner or later, later it will make you regret you see the most enlightened and the standard bearer in brilliance among you and here he might be referring to uh zia pasha i'm not entirely sure because there is a quote and i actually could not identify that quote but it makes sense that it might be from uh, zia pasha since he evoked his name at the beginning you see so th- who are you this the uh, those who are infatuated by europe right or those who are, uh, who can be considered among the westernized or westernizers. So here we include the, include. we can include zia Pasha or maybe another one, another uh, one of those Ottoman westernizers. You see the most enlightened and the standard bearer in brilliance among you. And there are, you know, several names that come to mind, no need to go into detail as a result of that state of bewilderment, i.e. getting lost in Europe, the, the, the misguidance of European ideas, right? as a result of that state of bewilderment says incessantly, Woe to me! Of whom shall I complain to whom I am lost? Right? So, when you take away the higher dimension of reality, when you take away the Creator, from your understanding of the creation, you are lost. And you don't know from whom or of whom to complain to whom. You look around, you see disasters, you see uh, the human predicament of having infinite needs with infinitely uh, impotent uh, capabilities. So there's a mismatch. It looks like torture. Uh, that you you see that your end is going into annihilation, you can't, you can't conceptualize life after death because you took away, away the creator, you took away uh, metaphysics, you took away spirituality, you took away anything that you cannot see and touch and sense, you're lost. Woe to me! Of whom shall I complain? To whom? To whom are you going to complain? about all these um, problems that you perceive as problems when, when you know when, when you look from with the light of faith and uh, we have you know done this several times especially within the first uh, eight words and then we will do again in the coming words right if you, when you look at reality with the light of faith reality is beautiful there is nothing that does not uh lead to a beautiful end in in reality but if you took away that light the light of faith then you fall into darkness and everything becomes an enemy and adver- everything becomes adversarial and you get lost woe to me to whom shall i complain of whom of whom sh- uh, shall i complain to whom i'm lost now we start Nursi says the quran causes me to say and thus i say and and, and i hesitate not okay. so you're you are bewildered right you find yourself in that state of bewilderment and you think you are lost you don't know where to go go you, you are you know you don't have any means of recourse uh, i'm not like that i'm in comfort i'm cool i'm going to tell you what i'm thinking now And I'm thinking, or I believe in it, because I took my point of reference not as Europeans' ideas or as the Qur'an. Qur'an is from the one who knows all, who sees all, who has absolute clarity, everything, about all purposes, about what leads to where in reality. I'm cool here. I complain of it to him. Now, here, the Turkish is... Ondan ona şekva ederim, which does not make it clear you know, who uh, the, the pronoun of which he is complaining and the pronoun to which he is complaining. Or is it, she, he in Turkish, all of them in one. Um, so, my understanding of, of, of this is he sees everything to be from God and because he sees everything to be from God, he also sees that there is no evil in it. There is no nothing that that um, is <clears throat> is purely, absolutely evil. But there are things that we, the human being, can perceive to be false, wrong, evil, etc because of our misunderstanding, once we recognize that they are from him too, that li- that you know veil of uh, evilness is lifted from our eyes, the, the the ugly lens is lifted from in front of our eyes and we see reality as reality and it is beautiful. but while that veil is there, while that um, you know, smoke glass is there in front of our eyes, we may see problems in reality. Right and and uh, when he says from it or from it maybe from him to him right if it were from him to him uh it it would be you know I have these problems but I see that they are from him and the purpose of him giving me these problems uh, troubling me with these things is to cause me to push me toward himself so I'm sick right i know that the sickness is from god and i know that he gave the sickness to me among many other purposes one big important purpose that's that we should have in mind now is among uh, among those other you know purposes the big purpose that he gave the sickness to me is to cause me to to move toward him because otherwise i would have forgotten about him and that is the greatest sickness Right, so we can think of it either way. Like we can say, I complain of it, of the causes of this world, of the world, of the people, of the troubles, right, to him. That's permissible, or you can say, of him, to him, with the understanding that when you say, of him, right, you are seeing the beautiful face of reality because it comes from him and it is. You see the purpose, you get the message, and it is your duty now, and also it is your inclination now to run to him. Right? It is like a small child uh, when his, his mother gets angry with him and wants to discipline him and you know maybe beats him up on the on the back, right? So, uh, you know, spanks him a little bit. The small child runs to where? To his mother. The mother beats him up, the mother uh, chastised him or punished him but he runs to the mother because he knows that the mother is doing what she is doing in order to protect him, in order to teach him, in order to discipline him, in order to nurture him and she remains to be the place to go to take refuge in even in that case because either way he she is doing what she is doing out of her compassion for him, for the boy. Or for for the small child, it may be a girl too, right? So we can read this in either either way. I complain of him to him or I complain of it to him. I chose it because it is in in the written translation. I chose it because it is, um, it doesn't require this extra explanation. And I don't want people to uh, just read the text and perhaps be, be misguided. Uh, by it, it requires this extra layer of explanation therefore I kept it as it in the written translation I complain of it to him, I do not get lost I cry out to the real in my reality I cry out to the real right here again the word is the same Haktan uh, haqqa we can think of it as cry out or, you know, complain crying out of the real, to the real. The same notion or in order to avoid that possible misunderstanding I translate as in my reality or of my reality. I cry out to the real. I do not exceed the bounds like you. Who is you? Those who are infatuated by Europe. I do not exceed the bounds like you right why do they exceed the bounds because while well, they stop seeing reality as reality is they took away the most substantial layer of reality which is its uh, re- its its aspect in the realm of domination it is its aspect facing its lord right the tree that's out there is is not just some cellulose and some you know matter Yes, it is cellulose, it is matter, it has this aspect that that, that its worldly aspect, right? Stadnusi calls, calls it the manai ismi. It is the nominative meaning of the tree. It is the aspect of the tree that faces this world, this material substantive reality, but there is a higher reality to the tree which faces its creator, which is a sign of the creation of its creator, the sign, an indicator. Uh, of uh, the power, the provision, the mercy, the beauty, etc. The etc. Et of its creator. You took away that layer from reality, you stripped it off, uh, you stripped it down to its bare matter, and now you don't know where to go because you you don't see reality as reality is supposed to be i'm not like you i'm not going to exceed the bounds and because i don't exceed the bounds i'm not bewildered i lodge a claim from the earth to the heavens i do not escape like you from the earth to the heavens what is the claim from the earth to the heavens i proclaim I proclaim, "Ashhadu an la illallah." I witness that there is no God, there is no deity worthy of worship but Allah. Wa و... and I bear witness that Muhammad is is his slave, and his messenger. I lodge a claim from the earth to the heavens. I bear witness. And and, the, and and I ask the the, the heavens to witness that I am bearing witness. I lodge a claim from the earth to the heavens. <laughs> Uh, you know, beautiful dua in a beautiful supplication narrated from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and which also is a part of many litanies. We say, "Allahumma inni asbahdu ashhaduka wa ashhadu hamalata arshika wa malaikataka wa jami'ahulk k'akanak anta Allahu la ilaha illa anta wa anna Muhammadan abduka wa rasuluk." Right? Oh God, I uh, reached the morning, or if you are saying in the evening, I reached the evening. Right. And I am holding you witness and I'm holding the bearers of your throne, these tremendously powerful uh, great angels, right? The, The bearers of the throne, I'm holding them witness and I'm holding your other, all angels and I'm holding your entire creation witness that I bear witness that you are God. There is no God but you and that uh, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is your slave and your messenger. So this is a dua that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught us. Allahumma <laughs> inni asbahtu or amsaytu ushhiduka wa ushidu hamalata arshika wa malaikatika wa jamiya khalqika annaka anta Allahu la ilaha illa anta wa anna Muhammadan abduka wa rasuluk I lodge a claim from the earth to the heavens. I do not escape like you. I'm not like, you know, I'm not like bewildered don't know what to do all I can do is withdraw into a uh, tortoise shell or something right to to run into the closet uh, escape from reality as reality is avoid talking about it right don't talk about death declare certain things or or uh, calls certain things to be taboo in in society because they make me uncomfortable. I don't have answers to them. They make me uh, fearful. I dread about them, right? No, I'm not like that, Ustad says. I logic claim from the earth to the heavens and it opens up the gates of reality for me. Everything becomes clear. I see everything as they are supposed to be, as they are. And there is no need for me to escape, I'm not an escapist, I'm brave, I face reality as reality is, because it is beautiful, reality is beautiful. For in the Qur'an the claim is from light to light, right? The faith of, uh, the, the, the light of faith helps us see the light in reality. Because God is the light of the heavens and the earth. The heavens and the earth is the reality that we behold. And it is full of light. But in order to see that light, we need the light of the Qur'an. We need the light of faith. It is like a, uh, as it will come later in the, in the uh, words, in the Sözler, right? Uh, it is like, like a light switch. We enter a room, the cosmos, it is dark everything is um you know drowning in darkness we can't see anything we're bewildered we are scared then there's a light which we turn it on and all of a sudden everything is illuminated we see reality as reality is for in the quran the claim is from light to light i do not back down like you in the quran is truth and wisdom I prove I do not give a time to the opposition of philosophy. Now this is a sickness that um, that can afflict really, especially uh, the more um, the deeper thinkers among us. You know some of some. I mean, everybody ha- has intelligence and there are different kinds of intelligence some people are really smart about human relations some people are really smart about business transactions some people are uh, visually oriented and they can you know put things together and they are uh they have their hands are really good in doing things etc some people are really good in philosophizing and now we need that many of our scholars uh, are you know dialectical theologians our jurists you know scholars of jurisprudence are from uh you know that part of humanity we need that but um there is a danger especially with the availability of all sorts of sources out there there is a danger that uh, people like this may stray into over philosophizing and Maybe the lower soul enjoys the puzzling, the puzzles that the that philosophy poses, but because that's their job, right their job is to, uh, especially in the in an, in the academic context, the job is to say something that has not been said before. right you can only do that by puzzling over things, right? so the the lower soul enjoys that and we go into this mode of over philosophizing and um, when we take it more serious than it should be taken, it can stray us into places where we don't want to be and we should not be, right? He says in, in the Quran is truth and wisdom. First grant that. First reach um, certainty about the truth and wisdom in the Quran and then with that light look around and you are going to see that in, in some cases those you know, it's a bit, bits of issues are just mills out of which people are making hills they are not that important they are not that serious and when you see reality as reality is the solution is simple very easy but first grant what needs to be granted if you don't do it if you are not grounded and then you move on to investigate and i'm using this in quotation marks right quote investigate unquote um Through philosophizing, you may hit some walls. In the Quran is truth and wisdom. I prove I do not give a dime to the opposition of philosophy. The diamond truth is in the criterion. Criterion is the Quran, right? It, uh, It separates truth from falsehood. The diamond truth. I accept it with heart and soul. I don't sell it out like you. It is diamond. First, recognize its preciousness. And once you recognize its preciousness, you will hold on to it. With heart and soul, you will not sell it. Now, with it in your hand, with the criterion in your hand, uh, with the ability to separate truth from falsehood, good from ugly uh, or good from evil in your hand, you can then go ahead and, you know, travel the the, the world, the, the world of ideas or, or the, the, the world on which we uh, walk. That's fine. But first, First, be grounded. First, see the truth and wisdom in the Quran. First, have certainty and have this attachment to it, recognizing that it is diamond and it is truth. If there, if if there are different kinds of truths, uh, which are like gems or you know valueless or even harmful substances, like there like there are in the world of minerals, right? The criterion, the Quran, is the diamond of them. And there are coals. You know, you you, you can find pieces of coal out there too. They are just going to make your hands dark, black. A journey from the criterion, uh, I'm sorry. A journey from the creation to the real. So this kind of endorses uh, the earlier uh, interpretation or translation where I said I translate the first as it the second as him or the first as in my reality and the second as the real right so this kind of uh, provides a commentary and explains that I journey from the creation to the real and this is also very important this is this is this highlights the methodology of the Risale-i Nur which is the methodology of the Quran too the creation, is, the creation is, yes, it, it is um, from one point of view, the world is deni, right? The word for uh, world in Arabic is dunya, which comes from Dini, which means lowly. The world is lowly, the world is worthless, uh, the world is something that you should run away from, etc., etc., right, but from another perspective. If you see the true face of the world then it is precious because it is signs of the creator it is full of signs of the creator it is a missive it's a meaningful missive meaningful letter that the creator that your lord wrote to you so that you would read and learn about your lord in that sense it is precious if the if uh the person that you love the most or if you are living in a you know kingdom the, the king wrote you a special uh, letter and ornamented it and you know put some gold filigree here and there etc and sent it to you you don't take that letter and say this is precious and you know trample over it no you don't do that you say this is precious let me read it let me, let me try to understand what is in it it is precious because it is the bearer of the meaning it is the carrier of the meaning that your Beloved, or in this case, that God conveyed. I journey from the creation to the real. I do not stray away like you. I do not lose my way. I fly over the thorny path. And the path is thorny. There are lots of thorns here. If you do not have true guidance, if your your way is not illuminated, by the light of the quran the path is thorny the path is dangerous there are isms and lodges and ogies and whisperings of the satan and there are whisperings of the Satan's of the human beings and the jinn and there is there is the attractions of the world the path is thorny you need guidance and ustad says i found guidance in the quran i granted its Diamond, it being the diamond, it being the precious criterion, the, the, uh, the starting point, the standard. And once I do that, there's no thorn that's going to hurt my feet. I'm flying over them. I don't even need to step into them. I'm flying over them. I'm safe. I've seen reality. I've seen the big picture. The little details here and there in the picture are not going to confuse me I know what they are for I know their purpose I know their function I know their reality I know their meaning I know their substance it's all laid out in front of me and I know that the the big picture it's beautiful and everything in it are beautiful it's just about being able to put them in their right place if and when you do it you're good you're cool You can fly over those thorny paths. I offer gratitude from the earth to the throne. Well, first, because I've found reality as reality is, and it is beautiful, and it fills my heart with joy, therefore I'm offering gratitude from the earth uh, to, to the throne. And second, in that understanding of reality, I recognize, understand my function as appreciating or beholding those signs of creation, appreciating them, seeing the mercy, seeing the grace, seeing the blessing in them and offering thanks, offering gratitude to my Lord in return for them. It is my function, it is is it it is my duty, it is what I am for here. I offer gratitude from the earth to the throne. I do not skip out on it. I look on death and appointed times, time as friends, I look on death and appointed time as friends. I am not afraid of them like you. They are not the end of everything. They are not annihilation. They are my passage to a more beautiful place where I am going to meet my Lord and live happily ever after. It is my passage to a room, to a not rather to a, to this hall. That is occupied by the most beloved people that I've I've known. It, you know, my parents are there if they passed away, the Prophet وسلم, is there, his companions are there, all the other prophets are there, the saints of God are there, the beautiful uh, servants of this religion, the path of the, the Prophet are there Ustad Nursi is there, Imam Ghazali is there, Imam Rabbani is there, Imam Shazili is there, uh, Rumi is there, they're all there they are having this beautiful joyful conversation I'm going to go there I'm going to join them I'm going to sit on the side and listen with this smile on my face and with this beautiful feeling in my heart I look on death and the appointed time as friends. I am not afraid of them like you. I enter the grave with a laugh. I am not scared like you. The mouth of a dragon, a bed of wilderness, the passage to nothingness. I do not see it like you. I do not see it. Death or my grave, like the mouth of a dragon, is going to eat me, and I'm going to disappear. It's the it's this bed of wilderness where you fall, or the this hole of wilderness where you fall, and there's nothing else. It's not passage to nothingness. There's nothing after that. Can you imagine the the the, the weight of that sensation of nothingness? Can you face it? nothingness of you and everything else that you know and love it takes me to the beloved's the grave takes me to the beloved's i am not offended by the grave i do not take offense from it i do not get angry at it like you You you're angry at it because you think it's going to take you to nothingness no it will not take you to nothingness there is a beautiful world coming afterwards The gate of mercy, this is how I see it. The gate of mercy, the gate of light, the gate of the real God. I am not discomforted by it. I am not vexed by it. I do not retreat. I do not hold away from it. I knock, I knock on it. The gate saying, Bismillah, in the name of God. And there's a small side note here says, I'm not running away saying woe to me. I'm not running away from it saying woe to me. I knock on it saying Bismillah. In the name of God, I do not look back. You know, my heart is not attached to what is behind. And therefore, I cannot really go through this gate. No, what is behind had a purpose. It was beautiful because it was serving what I am looking forward to, to. Uh, acquiring beyond this gate they were my means and as my means because they were my means i valued them i used them as they were it was you know due upon me to use them i uh, cherished them i did not abuse them but i'm not attached to them because there is better there is more behind this gate i do not look back i am not in dread either i will find comfort and curl up in it in my grave saying alhamdulillah all praise is due to god i will suffer no burden i will not be left in wilderness right i will suffer no no burden inshallah i will not suffer any burden the, in, in in my grave will be a uh my, my place to watch my beautiful uh, existence in the garden and the sight of that garden is going to over overwhelm me in joy and I'll be filled with joy and you know I'll I'll, I'll be joy in, in joy I will not suffer any burden. I will not be left in the wilderness, my grave I will have the Quran with me, I will have angels with me I will have those beautiful sights right perhaps I'll in in this uh, the, the realm of spirits I'll be you know traveling around and meeting other spirits right I'll be waiting for, the resurrection where we can all rise again and have have our uh, next form of existence in which insha'Allah we will stay forever insha'Allah in paradise. I will hear the adhan of resurrection, the call to prayer of resurrection and rise up, saying Allahu Akbar. So resurrection right after the grave everybody will be resurrected with their with their material uh bodies and those bodies may be different from the bodies that we have here different in o- accordance with what we have acquired in this world and there are lots of uh, prophetic traditions indicating uh, this right if you were beautiful and if you acquired good deeds in this world you will have a beautiful body more with more capacity etc if you had problems here those problems will reflect in your reality uh in the in the um, hereafter but one way or another there will be a bodily resurrection i will hear the adhan of resurrection and rise up saying allahu akbar now at fajr time at down in the morning we hear the adhan and we get up right like that we experience that every day i will hear the adhan of resurrection and rise up saying allahu akbar god is the greatest uh, there's another side note here, that he says, that is hearing Israfil's adhan. Israfil is one of the greatest angels and uh, one of its functions, the one that is you know, most known to, to us is that it's going to blow the sewer, this, let's say, pipe, uh, the, the sound of which will trigger or announce the beginning of uh, the qiyamah right the 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 rising the destruction of the world and then the resurrection that follows it hearing israfil's adhan in the way that we hear adhan in the morning and get up for fajr prayer right i will hear israfil's sur pipe and hearing israfil's adhan at the dawn or resurrection i will rise up saying allahu akbar god is the greatest i do not withdraw from the greatest prayer so we are getting up for a for the greatest prayer. We are going to line up before our Lord in this great plane of resurrection or mahshar, gathering plane. I do not shrink from the greatest gathering. St. Nursi says, this was in a side note, and I'll take the verse from the beginning. I will hear the adhan of resurrection and rise up saying, Allahu Akbar, God is the greatest. I do not shrink from the greatest resurrection. I, I, I'm not afraid of it. I'm not, it it, it doesn't uh, fill my heart with with dread right I do not cover I do not shrink from the great resurrection I do not withdraw from the tremendous mosque the tremendous mosque being this greatest great plane of uh, gathering and resurrection thanks to God's grace the Quran's light and the effusion of faith I suffer no sorrow All of this, all of this, is because I found the Qur'an as the criterion. I cherished the message that my Lord gave to me in it. And I... I uh, took faith as my guidance. And with the light of that faith, with the light that God projected on my path, with the Quran, with that faith, I suffer no sorrow. Everything is clear. Everything is beautiful. Reality is beautiful. I see the reality of this world and it is, it, 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 it is beautiful. I'm not like you. I'm not lost. I'm not lost in wilderness and darkness. I'm not bewildered. I'm not looking forward to annihilation. I'm not looking forward to I'm. I'm not seeing a meaningless reality. I'm not seeing a seeing a meaningless world. I am not squeezed by its meaninglessness. I'm not squeezed by the the, the perceived meaninglessness or the what you perceive it to be meaningless, right? I found. I found meaning. I found uh, my path. It's all clear to me. I'm good. Not stopping. And and all of this is out of god's grace he gave me faith he gave me faith he created me among his slaves that that he graced with faith i did not deserve anything he gave it to me thanks to god's grace the quran's light and the effusion of faith i suffer no sorrow now this don't take this as meaning that those who are disbelievers uh you know the disbelief was given to to them no it is made clear. The reality is made clear before every everyone. But once the heart inclines in one direction, then God could put that light in the heart, right? So we, our responsibility is to to um, affect that inclination. And those who disbelieve, it's because they are not affecting that inclination. They are inc- they are not inclining to reality out of pride, out of custom, out of fear, whatever, out of attachment to the world, right? But once my heart inclined uh, toward reality toward toward truth God put that light in my heart I wouldn't be able to find that light on my on my own no matter what not stopping I will run to it I will fly to the shade of the throne of the merciful and God willing I will not lose course like you unfortunate unfortunate but while humanity supposedly supposedly conquered nature when while humanity um you know went through an experience of experiments and rational thinking and observation and whatnot and develop technologies that now takes us to space and you know helps us build mile long mile tall skyscrapers and we have the internet we can communicate from one end of the world to the other within Uh, milliseconds Uh, perhaps one day we will travel from one end of the world to the other within hours with with you know airplanes now we do it uh, within you know several hours etc etc while we did all of this we lost we lost the meaning of reality and by losing the meaning of reality we put ourselves in big 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 trouble so inshallah Ustad Nursi says by not falling into that trap that were that that we dug, by not falling into that hole that we had ourselves dug while modernizing the world, I will run to it, not stopping. I will fr- fly to the shade of the throne of the merciful and God willing, I will not lose course like you, the the ones who are infatuated by European ideas, or in this at this time perhaps we can say the the um, the luring of the world. This is the end. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana, Antal anta al alimul hakim wa akhir dabaahum and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Al Fatiha.